it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of Zero Ducks Given. And once again, it is myself, Toby Tarrant. It is Mr. Daniel Norcross. And look who decided to show up this week after not being able to make it last week and fitting us into his busy schedule. Stephen Finn is here. Finney, sometimes I worry like this podcast isn't the most important thing that's happening in your life. It's quite possibly the least important thing that's ever happened to me, ever. Not even just in my life at the moment, but ever, I'd say. So, yeah, the fact I've shown up this week, you're lucky, actually, because I'm two days into a four-day game, um, and I considered pulling the pin on it, but because there is a good bloke in there somewhere, I decided to turn up. Oh, thanks very much. Do you mean there's a good bloke inside me or a good bloke inside you? No, there's not a good bloke inside you. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something a lot worse then as well, but I stopped myself because I'm now wary that we have 11 year old listeners. I could see the cogs turning. You went, there's a joke about a man inside Toby somewhere, and I'm just going to skirt around it and move on. See, that's growth. That's growth. Uh, Daniel Norcross, great to see you. Apparently, we recorded a podcast last week. I've got no memory of it, but apparently it happened. Yeah. Uh, I think I spent 15 minutes trying to hear you, or you spent 15 minutes trying to hear me. I mean, that was basically what happened last week. And then when we did hear each other, we got, we're none the wiser at the end of it. Yeah. So it was the most perfect exercise in futility I think I've ever been engaged in. Yeah. Well, but, you know, it was, it was, it was fun while it lasted. Just, just a couple of observations on the week. Um, better Call Saul is really so much better than Ozark. I mean, I'm just putting that out there now. I don't I, think it's a very controversial view. I loved Breaking Bad. I got bored of Better Call Saul after oh, two no. seasons. No, yeah. you, you know, You've got to get back into it, honestly. Yeah. And the end of Ozark is absolutely the maddest thing I've ever seen. The last 14 episodes of that series, they made me a bit annoyed, actually. They made me more annoyed than the way that people have reacted to England being bowled out for 110 today. And that's saying something, because that's annoyed me as well. Well, we'll so, come to that. We'll come to that, yeah. because there's been a lot of vitriol on Twitter towards the England batting lineup today. Um, but before we do any of that, we need to talk about the fact that Finney just mentioned there Oh, yes. He is two days into a four-day game currently. So 
He's two, he's two, to sorry, he's, no, no, he's, he's two days into a 10-day game there. It's just they're only going to play it for four days. That's true. It's going to feel like 10 days. So um, at the time of recording, now, Finney, you may remember, if you listen to the podcast regularly, has mentioned the fact that groundsmen are on a revenge mission this season after getting criticism all winter after England capitulated in the ashes, getting criticism that we prepare green pudding pitches that are a waste of everyone's time so that little dibbly dobbler seam bowlers can run in and take wickets and it doesn't develop the test team and yada, yada, yada. Well, Finney reckons they're preparing absolute roads this season and they've got short boundaries at Sussex as well. So Sussex batted first. Let's start with the batting. Let's go through Finney's roller coaster of a game so far. So first of all, Tom Haynes uh, broke his hand opening the batting for Sussex and get well soon, Tom Haynes. He's out for about five or six weeks, I reckon, but get well soon. So, so Toby, so, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bit of bounce in this pitch then. There's a little bit. Oh, yeah. There. People who put their back into it. Oh, it's a minefield. A Anyone yeah. who could bend their back and, you know, get the ball above about 75 miles an hour would be an absolute handful on that. Oh, well, you'd imagine, wouldn't you? And so uh, Tom Haynes had to retire injured and he's back hopefully in five or six weeks. So they looked around the changing room and they thought, who's the man for a crisis? Who's the man to lead these fine gentlemen? And amazingly, they scanned around the room and they, they must have forgotten. Chapajara must have been in the toilet because somehow they chose our very own Stephen Finn to step in and captain Sussex. And he obviously inspired the batsman, 588 for nine. So 588 for nine, Stephen Finn, who, lest we forget, said all preseason he was batting like a right-handed Matthew Hayden. Out of a score of 588 for nine, Finney, you got a free ball duck. Do you want to talk us through what happened there? Well, yeah, I left the first one, away swinger. I defended the second one, away swinger. Um, and then... I got an inside edge and was outside the line of the uh, of the in swing and got given LBW. Oh, now oh, you hit it! You hit it! You've, who's oh, the, you've, who's I the think umpire? I hit it. You I think, think I hit you, it? You think? I thought players know when they've hit the ball. They keep on telling no, us. Well, there was a woody. There was a woody feeling on my bat, um, mm -hmm. and I'm sure I was outside the line of off stump anyway. But um, but yeah, I got, I got fired off. And it's a Woodstock bat, so you know that it's a magical bat. It ought to be able to hit the ball. Um, who was the umpire? I'd rather not name names because okay, well, I probably will get in trouble for it. But well, we could find out, couldn't we? I mean, we'll, we'll find out. We'll put it on the show. Well, note. it was either Neil Pratt, Benjamin Debenham or Peter Such. Uh, Peter Such will be the match referee, right? So it's between the other two. Um, mm. Roller coaster of emotion. Sussex, 588 for nine because Haynes had to retire injured. Finney leads the boys out. So talk me through the huddle. Finney, you're captain now. The whole change room's looking at you. Pajara's thinking, who the bloody hell is this bloke? I used to be captained by Virat Kohli. And, uh, and what do you say to this team when you've got those runs on the board? Inspirational stuff, obviously, but I wouldn't divulge with either of you because, one, I don't think your tiny little minds could comprehend it. And two, it's sacred from within the dressing room. So um, I, I wouldn't actually let people know what, what I said, but it was along the lines of let's just um, take some let's have a lot of energy and take <laughs> oh. some wickets, yes. Yeah. Energy and take some wickets. Yep, yeah, that's yes. kind of rousing Henry V, the Agincourt style stuff we've come to expect. Yes, and then mm -hmm. and then you lead them out, and you captain. You go, lads, chuck me the ball. Lead by example. <laughs> I'll set the tone in the field. Finney runs in first ball of the innings. Oh, it's a biggie. Hassan Azad as well. He's bowling Hassan out. Hassan Azad snicked off. A huge wicket. That's a huge wicket. If you can get him, if you can get him, did he, he got him? Did he? He got him. 
He Ooh. got him. And so Finney, at this point, you know, people are thinking, oh my God, this is the Stephen Finn we signed from Middlesex. This is the guy that tore it up all those years for England. He's back. Um, and at this point, you know, what are you saying in the huddle? One ball in, what do you say now? There's not a lot to be said, is there? You've done your job. Hit a length, he nicked it. Mm. Move on to the next one. Easy game, captaincy, isn't it, really? Exactly. And then 40, no, it's really not. <laughs> 47 overs later, Leicestershire finished overnight. 159 for one. <laughs> um, they're still 430 behind. Yeah, that is a positive way of looking at it, no, definitely. You, you and how many? So there's 96 overs tomorrow. So if they go yeah. at four and over, if they do a bit of, you know, we can't say Baz ball anymore because he doesn't like the term. Uh, Brendan McCullum ball. Yeah. Then um, they go at what, four and a half? I'm going to give them a rousing speech. Leicester should need a rousing speech. I gave you a rousing four speech. Four and a half and over. We'd have to bowl a pile of shit to go four and a half and over. That's what I'm saying. Four and a half, I think that's about reasonable. So that'll take <laughs> You're you right, to... 4.8. <laughs> <laughs> that gets them to parity. Then the pitch starts breaking up under the hot sun, probably about like just, just declare a little bit after lunch set you or well, not setting you. I mean, you just basically got a deficit of 140 with 60 overs to survive. It's breaking up. It's breaking up. Callum Parkinson, ragged it square. Could be an awkward fourth day, that. Mm. Well, it could be an awkward third day, really, as well. I mean, from your point of view, the awkward fourth day is not going to be that awkward. You're just going to lie with your feet up until you dragged out to back with 25 minutes to go. <laughs> now, if if Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes have been installing, you know, we can't say it, Baz Ball, but um, Brendan McCullum ball into the England team. Finney, what style of captain are you going to be on the field? Can we expect some funky fielding positions tomorrow? Can you just go... Can you just tear up the manual tomorrow? I want to tune into that YouTube feed and just see you just with the weirdest field set. Why not? It's 159 for one. Yeah. Short stuff. We had a couple of strange runs today, actually. We had a couple of... Um, we had a capture at Silly Mid-Off and Silly Mid-On to the Seamers. Oh, I like that. um, That's funky. In the, within the first 10 overs... Within the first ten overs, oh, is it that slow? Two straight is, catches is it, on the wicket. Is this wicket so yeah, that slow? Yeah, <laughs> and no. the balls are that soft. It's like bowling with an orange on the M1. It's good. <laughs> now we chat about this. I message. I tuned into TMS the other week, and Daniel Norcross was chatting about the fact that there was a mid on and mid off. And you said on comms, I don't think I've ever seen anyone actually get caught there. And I like the sadder that I am. Mess- message you saying. Matthew Hayden caught Strauss bold Hoggard in the 2005 Ashes. And that is literally the only other wicket I can remember being caught there. But maybe Sussex tomorrow are going to get all nine remaining wickets caught in front of the wicket. It's silly mid on and silly mid off if Finney keeps setting funky fields like this. See, this is, this is where you don't have a clue about cricket. <laughs> you don't understand cricket in the slightest because you don't place those men there in order to get the catch there, you place the men there so the batter tries to hit it squarer with half a bat and that's how you get edges or you get LBWs when they're trying to play across the line. So you sort that little ball in head out and, and try and understand cricket for a change. Yeah, I and, mean, essentially... And come back to me when you've read the manual. If, if, if your bowlers are so arthritic that they can't actually in their follow-through to the left-hand and just be where that mid-on was going to be in the first place, <laughs> then, of course, 
you know, and that is an issue, I think, you know, for Philly. And so I imagine that's why he's got those two fielders that straight, really, because mm. he just basically he's on the ground most of the time in his follow through. Yeah. So someone's got to collect the ball that's hit straight back past him. And, and somebody's got to ch- one mid on's there to, to protect Finney when he's fallen over, and the other one's there to chuck the bail back to the umpire <laughs> that he's just knocked off. <laughs> yeah, but, ser- but seriously, though, ser- quite, quite, I, mean, I say seriously, nothing on this podcast is serious. Um, you, you've talked about these balls. We've talked about the balls of the past. Are, are they getting any better? Are they just equally dreadful? Have you changed in, in this 180 odd for one? Have you had to change any yet? No, because one of our blokes got hit into the stands and it took a big chunk out of the rough side and then it started reverse swinging. So right. I'm not going to change it for now whilst it's reverse swinging. Okay, that's positive. But essentially, it's, it's, it, is a, it, it is like an oval. The ball's like a soft oval shape. It looks like an egg. This is a, this is a real issue, though, isn't it? Because, I mean, you, we've been blaming... Well, it is. You, like, look you, around the country. I mean, yeah. look at the scores around... Look at the scores around the country today. There's some ludicrous scores going on. I mean, there's some low ones as well, but they must have produced like bloody farmers' fields. But yeah, there's I mean, some there's some monster scores knocking yeah. around the country. I mean, no, Somerset set four four six. Lancashire reply a one six four for naught overnight. Yorkshire five hundred and twenty one all out. Surrey one hundred and ninety one for and- one. And what's interesting in all these runs being scored, it has to be said. And Toby, what's interesting in all these is that you see actually some early wickets of the new ball because the new ball does seem to actually behave. I mean, when we're doing crunching the numbers on TMS, the one to 30 overs with these balls in test cricket have actually been slightly lower average than they were last year. It's like 28 to 29 and a half. It's what happens at 30 from 31 to 80. You can't get a wicket with them. They're like 61, 62 is the average, which is insane. So, you know, what, what you look at when you look at the scores, I think Surrey had quite a few Yorkshire wickets down quite early. They had them 46 for two. They had them 190-odd for four or something. Huge partnership. A huge partnership happens against the older ball. And then by that stage, the bowlers are completely knackered when they take the second new ball and two batters are in, which is basically what Mitchell and Blundell did throughout the Test Series. And it's been replicated around the country, the best place to bat at the moment, wouldn't you reckon, Finney, is about five in county cricket? You're going to you're gonna nail that, five or six. You're going to absolutely nail that. Yeah. And then it starts getting really hard again once it gets to 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it starts doing all sorts around the time number 10 strides out. Bloody starts hooping around corners. Um, well, let's talk about hooping around corners. Let's move on to the England versus India ODI that happened uh, earlier today at the time of recording, where England, well, we're not used to seeing this England white ball side like this, 110 all out. And although the bowling lineup was uh, not very recognisable, Roy, Bairstow, Root, Stokes, Butler, Livingston, Moeen, Ali. So it's not a bad top order, that. Obviously, it's doom and gloom on Twitter because cricket Twitter is always England are the best team in the world when they win and the worst team in the world when they lose. Um, and obviously no Owen Morgan, so people are pointing at that. Before we get too carried away, we should remember that it was only recently we were sat on this very podcast talking about this England batting lineup setting the highest ODI score of all time. Now, I know it was against the Netherlands, but they haven't become a bad batting lineup overnight. And also, it's worth mentioning that Bumrah was absolutely unplayable at times today. He bowled so incredibly well. Um, but obviously, Finney, it's, um, it is rare seeing this England white ball team like this. 
And with World Cups around the corner, they've got a brand new coach in Matthew Motts and they've got a brand new captain in, in Josh Butler. So I guess, was this to be expected a little bit after a side have been so successful for so long? I, first and foremost, I've been playing cricket all day, so I didn't see it. I've not seen any of the wickets, so I'm not really qualified to talk about the game that happened today. But You're like a Tory um, front bencher coming on the Today programme. Mm. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I haven't seen that. I mean, no, you've, had, I, you've had four I, I hours to mug up. Making the big calls, getting the big calls right. <laughs> um, he's got a huge mandate, whatever that means. Yep. So he has to stay on and deliver. I haven't said any of that shit. So, so don't, um, don't tarnish me with that. Hey, I'll tell you what, this isn't a bad idea. What about Finney for PM? Everybody else has chucked their name into the hat. And there's Might maybe be a bit late, but the 1922 committee keep on changing the rules the whole time. I think they'd change the rules for Finney. I'd vote for you, Finney. I've heard of you more than half the people that put their hand up this week. Yeah, what's a penny mordant? Uh, anyway, hashtag Finney for PM when you listen to this podcast. Wherever you're listening from, don't forget to tweet at Zero Ducks Pod, hashtag Finney for PM. It's between Finney or Ebedot Hussein, who I'd like to be the next Prime Minister of the UK. But we're, we're going into a, a politics tangent, which is dangerous in this day and age. Has Khaled um, Ahmed gone from your soul so quickly? I oh, mean, yeah, that, we, that man's the future. He no, is the future. That's true. We need to talk, we need to talk about Khaled Ahmed more in the future. Um, but yeah, Finney, um, it, it's obviously no need to panic. I just think the England cricket fans aren't used to seeing this batting lineup fail, basically, in the last five, six years. Yeah, and there's something these, the white balls, we talk about the red balls doing nothing, but the T20 that I watched last week um, at the Aegeus Bowl, when Ashdeep Singh and Bhuvneshwar Kumar opened the bowling, I think that's the most swing there's ever been in the first six overs of a T20 game. So I don't know whether there's some swinging magic inside these, um, inside these white balls that the Indians are mag- uh, managing to fine but yeah the ball does seem to have done a little bit more uh with the white ball and india must have exploited that very well today because they've got class bowlers i, I watched all, all of england's innings it didn't take an enormously long time it shouldn't really be an odi it was an hdi really it was a half day international it was um amazing watching boomerang bowl i mean it was it was fantastic he already bowls from a yard further forward than anybody else because of his release point being so ludicrously extended. So he's already quick. And he was getting the ball to swing in, in, away, in. I mean, he was just basically changing it up time after time, but always with great pace. And it was extremely challenging. But it was one of those things where, you remember when, uh, obviously Finney remembers it very well, when England bowled out Australia for 60 at Trent Bridge. Every single false shot, little push at the ball, found a nick and was taken spectacularly by punt diving in one direction or the other, one-handed. There's an inside edge from Stokes. You know, tiny little inside edge. You don't see wickets like that very often in one-day internationals. It was a sort of perfect storm, really. And that five of those people that you've mentioned there were playing. The, what was it? Was it the first time since the World Cup final? It was something insane like that. Mm that Bairstow, Roy, Stokes, Root and Butler had played in the same team since then. Um, they've also not played a great deal of one-day internationals. And it was muggy, it was humid, it was ball swinging around corners. Bummer and Shammy are absolutely brilliant, really brilliant bowlers. And it was a perfect storm, everything went wrong. Um, and, you know, if they'd won the toss, they'd have bowled and it wouldn't have happened like that. India might work very well have won, but it wouldn't have happened in that disastrous kind of way. 
So, you know, you move on and you go to Lords, where it will swing around corners in humid conditions. I don't know. Actually, I think Thursday's supposed to be a little bit better. So I've got tickets on Thursday, so hopefully uh, it's not that. a repeat performance that. of that. But yeah, hopefully, I mean, hopefully it's not a repeat performance of that. Um, anyway, let's not hit the panic button just yet, but uh, let's, to make ourselves feel better about that England performance, focus on a, uh, a failing Indian cricketer. So Virat Kohli missed the game with a minor minor strain what are you doing what are you doing toby this is not this is not how we get listeners we do no this is it look here's the thing do you know what dan norcross i sit here every week we talk about having four listeners and there's over a billion cricket fans in india who haven't tapped into this podcast yet and we've tried being nice and complimentary about india and where's it got us four listeners who we can name that we know their first names do you know what If being nice about India is not going to get us any traction over there, let's go the other way. I've sat and watched in recent years people, you know, just say just contrary opinions just to get listeners and likes on Twitter and voted into into very important international positions. And it's my bloody turn. This is it. I'm going to get Indian listeners by slagging them off, okay? Can Can I just say on behalf of myself, and I suspect Stephen Finn, that we don't endorse this particular editorial point of view, but we will watch on with great fascination and see how the rest of your life unfolds. Okay, well, I'm ready. I'm, I, you know, if they're burning effigies of me in the streets of Mumbai this time yeah. tomorrow, all publicity well, just, is good publicity, isn't it? Toby? Remember oh, what yeah. Oscar Wilde said: "There's only one thing worse than being talked about, and that's not being talked about." Remember good that. Virat Kohli, he's finished, isn't he? He's done. He's a he's a past it. He's a has been. That's all happened. He was just no. injured. And yeah, but let's forget. I mean, yeah, forget about the injury. He, you know, he's he's been injured, you know, mentally for the last three years. He's gone. His head shot to pieces. He's never going to score another hundred again as long as he lives. Um, he did pull up. He did bring up one century in the last few weeks. He's now got a hundred games in all competitions without a century. Nearly three years since he last scored a ton. If it was anybody else, that was anybody of a batsman of the world, he wouldn't be getting near, near that Indian side with the talent that they've got, with the pool of players they can choose from. He's averaging less than 30 in tests over the last couple of years. Trent Bolt's averaging more than him. He's gone. India need to cut their losses. He's had an amazing career, but he's passed it and he's never going to score any runs again. Finney, I, I can see you agree, even though you're afraid to admit it, don't you? I'd like Sal to clip that and see what I was doing, please, whilst um, whilst you were talking absolute drivel. Next. <laughs> Come on! I'm telling. Well, name me another player in world cricket that would be that would score that few runs for that long with players knocking on the door and be left in the side. Come on, Norcross! You know Zach, you want Zach Crawley. He's not done it to the same level as Virat Kohli. Uh, oh, uh, well, well, uh, Kushal Mendes for quite a long time uh, was doing that. Temba Bavuma didn't score a lot of runs for quite a long time. You can see class. That's the thing, Toby. And I think. I think Finney agrees with me here. You can see class and you know that Cody's going to come good at some point. I'm incidentally just, you know, making uh, sure that everything's going to work out fine for me, if not for you. Finney, we need, might need to get another host. You got any ideas? Yeah, somebody talking parrot or Mr. Blobby could do a better job. Yeah, so. I, I, I know a talking parrot. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. All, all parrots all right. talk, you <laughs> fucking idiots. <laughs> I know a talking parrot. No, you know a parrot is what you they don't all They don't all talk. You get some quite introverted parrots, actually. There are some parrots. It's very difficult to get anything out of at all. You know, they might have been slightly traumatised. They didn't like the cage they were put in when they were 
taken away from the beautiful forests of Malawi that they uh, grew up in and were nurtured and then were seized from the very highest perch by a very good clambering, quite a live man who got there and mesmerised him, stuck him in a cage, shoved him off to Biggleswade. And um, it's never... specifically, yeah, I mean, I, th- I can't think of anything worse if you were from so, the so this is it. So, I'm gonna die on this hill. Am I slagging off with that Coley? All right, no, well, you, when we no, you when make we a strong get, point, you make a strong point. When we get Coley. a billion listeners from India, yes. even if they hate us, and your Twitter timeline's filled with people going, Oh, you two are great, I love you, Daniel, I love you, Finney, I hate Toby. I want every single penny we make because the, the thing with podcasts is honestly, you don't make it? money based on people enjoying the show, you just make no. money purely on people listening. So when we've got a billion listeners this time next week, don't come crawling to me when you want your slice of the pie, all right? All right. I'm going to be living it up. I mean, I, I, I thought you were coming at it from an honesty angle myself, Toby. I didn't realise you were coming at it from purely venal, financially curious world. I just but want I, to get Finney paid but you, so he stops moaning. But you make a strong point. He hasn't scored a lot of runs for quite a long time. Um, and that's true. And everyone keeps on reminding him of that fact. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there... There are sort of reasons for it, aren't there? But you're right. I mean, there will be in certain formats a bit of pressure, especially in T20, because, you know, in the IPL, India produces a vast quantity of fantastic hitters. And in a similar kind of way to the way Joe Root isn't in England's T20 plans, you can see Virat Kohli not bringing those plans. And there might the slippery slope start. Who knows? Who knows? But I suppose you know. he's been okay before this recent drought. So I suppose yes. he was pretty exactly. good. So maybe there's a little bit of credit in the bank. But, you know, I'm Test not having average, it. Test average is lower than Roots, though, isn't it? So I suppose he makes Well, exactly. He's a poor man's Joe Root, and he always has been. Now, we should also move on to um, speaking of Virat Kohli failing in all formats, including the IPL, the funniest cricket story of the year so far, without question. And this is the fake IPL, which has been set up. So if you haven't seen this story, it is absolutely magnificent so a group of farmers in india set up a live stream on youtube of a game that they played in their field in a farm and convinced a load of russians on the other side of the world and it's definitely funnier because russian people are the victims of this they've set up a fake ipl tournament and tricked a load of russians into thinking it was a genuine ipl and getting them to place bets on it. And if you've seen the footage going around of the standard, I mean, Finney thinks I play at a bad standard. Even I couldn't believe that the Russians fell for this. It's devastating to think that Russians genuinely, we've tried to spread the gospel of cricket around the world for the last couple of decades. They genuinely believe that this is what the fuss has been about all this time. A load of blokes in a field somewhere chucking a ball down at each other. Degenerate Western culture. Oh, <laughs> fueled by evil England and its colonialist ambitions. Makes for rotund people swinging around on a strange cabbage patch. He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's eye-opening when you watch the footage. Um, genuinely, I, you know, now obviously we can't condone crime here on this podcast, but I reckon those guys, for the effort they put into it, I reckon let, let them keep the money. It's peanuts as well. They barely got a penny out of it. They got something ridiculous. They got something like $4,000 out Wait of a minute, it. Tobes. Wait a minute, Tobes. There was $4,000 that were bet. So... And that's every single one of the actions. Because to be really clear, what they did, they, they paid umpires. Well, I say paid. They got a bunch of farmers. They got a bunch of umpires. And they filmed it. And they showed it. And the umpires gave signals to the players what was to happen next, whether it be a wide or whether it be hit for four or whether somebody get out, et cetera, et cetera. 
that's a really deep level of fraud going on here. I mean, this is brilliant orchestration. And actually, I know you're right that the quality of cricket doesn't look awfully good, but the narrative of the game they've kept to. So they've put in an awful lot of effort for this. Now, the figures we understand are $4,000 has been gambled. Even if all $4,000 came back to the organisers, the average monthly salary for an Indian, and I know that's a complicated thing to work out, is $428 a month, right? So let's say that you have to pay somebody something in order to get 22 people, two umpires, a camera, <laughs> a YouTube channel, else, and a YouTube channel to show all this, right? How many people do you need to organise that? How much are they making each? If they're making $50 each, they're doing well out of that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> these guys have got to be let off. This has to be seen as situationist comedy. This is not a crime. I mean, it's $4,000 from Russians. It's genius. Let them, let them out. Let them out. Do you know what? We should start free, a GoFundMe page. Free the fake IPL who knows how many. I, I, yeah. I, I don't like the IPL anyway. It's a load of teams I don't care about competing for a tournament I don't care about. I'm oh, just God, he's, going, he's this, off again, Finny. He's off again. I'm he's just off as again. invested in this fake IPL as I am in, as, as in the real one, to be honest with you. I think they're both equally watchable. Uh, now, we should also mention at the time of recording that the England women won by five wickets against the South African women in the ODI series, uh, thanks largely to an unbelievably good century from Emma Lamb as well. Uh, there were some other standout performers in the game, but they're people we've talked about for being brilliant so many times, like Catherine Brunt, who was unbelievable, like Nat Siver, who was unbelievable. Um, but we need to mention Emma Lamb, who scored a wonderful 102 to comfortably steer England home. So, Finney, this leads me on to, I was thinking about that, that's her first ever ODI ton, right, in her third ever game. So I'm going to ask you now, the bowling equivalent of a ton is a fifer. And those stats add up, by the way. If you look at Jimmy Anderson's fifer to test ratio, it's about the same as Joe Root's fifer to test rate, uh, hundred to test ratio. So, mm. Finney, I'm going to ask you, right? That's Emma Lamb's first ever hundred for England. So, Finney, I'm going to ask you how much you remember, and I bet you do. Your first ever first class fifer. Um, Essex at Chelmsford, I think. Oh, any good? Any good names in that fifer? Mm, I can't remember. Was Cook in there? Cook definitely played in the game. I think, yeah, to be honest, I can't remember. But it's that bloody long ago. It's 14 years ago. It's a, long it's a one in two chance. There's a one in two chance. Toby, check it out. So he's saying, what, are you saying 2008? 14? No, you played before 2008, didn't you? 2000, no, 2009. 2009? Was my first, was my first championship five firm, I think. Essex, Essex. No, 2008. 2008. Essex versus... Middle, uh, Middlesex? Middlesex. That's them, yep. Here we go. Oh, yeah. It's not this one. I've, the scorecard I found, you went wicketless. <laughs> 2000, <laughs> 2008, you reckon, yeah? Bear yeah. with me. Yeah, championship game. Yeah, here we go. County championship. See, Let's Jeffrey Boycott would nail all of this. Oh, oh I found... Thing. I'm trying to get Finney to be a property MS summariser. He's got to be able to be egomaniacal enough to remember all of his stats. At the moment, he's been too nice here. I keep finding different scorecards, Finney. You sent me on a wild goose chase. Court home is number 48, second innings. Oh, no. Maybe it was 2009 then. Oh, for God's sake. Here we go. 
is unbelievable. We'll, we'll clean this up in uh, we'll clean this up in post. Well, what a stupid bloody question to ask me! What, a pointless question. Well, I'm going to keep going through the match. I'm going to go through the other formats now. So this one you will remember. <laughs> so so first ever test FIFA. Come on. Yeah, that was um, at Lords. Lords against against Bangladesh. Five for eighty seven. Oh, nice. now that's uh, that's easily findable. Uh, Tammy Mikbal, trying to think who'd have been in that team. Some of your and Raheem. Well, I got nine. Corners, I got yeah. nine in the game. <laughs> you are five for fifty-seven off twenty-one point three overs. Oh, Finny! Christ, I'd pay a lot of money for that. At the moment. <laughs> well, actually, Sussex are paying a lot of money for that, and unfortunately, they're not getting it. <laughs> to be fair, you. You went four for a hundred in the first innings. You, you, you were always a you know strike bowler, Finney. But then second innings, suddenly you had it on a string. Five for eighty-seven. Well bowled, Finney. Uh, ODI five. You got an ODI five for? Yeah, two of them. Don't oh, two of them. Come on, name them. You know you want to. Come on. Um, India at Brisbane five for thirty-three. Oh, nice. Um, nice. Yeah, that was nice. Actually, it was a nice bouncy wicket. Um, and then my other one included my my memorable World Cup hat trick about oh. two or three weeks later. Five yes. for eighty eight. No, five for seventy one. <laughs> that's the that's the hat trick that were where were they where were they caught North? Well, Christmas? in a score in a score of three hundred and sixty or whatever they got to go at seven and over actually wasn't shocking. It was it was about right, wasn't it? If you don't include the late well, guys, yeah. which, which bowlers refused to do, so it was about par. But yeah, you what kind of stupid idea, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, as I say, it, it makes your figures all look better, and as a result, it's five for seventy-one rather than five for seventy-four, which would have made it slightly above par. And then uh, that that would have been a different way of looking at it, wouldn't it? But I I understand how you all kid yourselves. I mean, if everyone took five for seventy-one, well, they'd be bowled out for one hundred and forty-two. But if they all conceded seventy-one, they get three hundred and fifty-five. And I bet there were some leg buys in there. Actually, Toby, check how many leg buys there were. <laughs> <laughs> what? And you want to credit all those leg buys to Finney's figures, do you? You want not to necessarily? Assume... Not necessarily. I just want to like show how averages work out, how it, how you kind of grade it through an innings. But <laughs> yeah, that was no, that was that was that was a good one. It was perfectly reasonable. It wasn't shocking. Someone would have done much worse in that bowling lineup. I love how that he's got. It took a fifer against Australia, and the best you can come up with is somebody would have done worse in that lineup. <laughs> it's not great for your ego. This um, I just wanted to check. I assumed, Finny, that you would almost certainly remember all those things. Um, well, Emma Lamb, years from now, will remember that maiden ODI century. Uh, Finny, I've got loads of questions for you actually because I've I made a note a couple of weeks ago that I wanted to come back Brilliant. to. Yeah, you'll be delighted to hear. So, do you remember a few weeks ago? You talked about your uh, under-19 World Cup trip with England and you talked about the fact that your initiation, you had to sing a song on a table in TGI Fridays, was it? Something like that, yeah. And we said presumably everybody on the team had to be initiated because it's the under-19 World Cup. So presumably pretty much everyone was making their debut. Um, Who else was in that England under-19 squad? Because you didn't remember what song you sang and I wonder if we can do some investigative journalism and see if anyone can remember what you treated the good people of TGI Fridays too. Who else was there? Wokes, Dawson, James Taylor, Sam Northeast, uh, Stuart Meeker, Ben Brown, Billy Godelman, 
Tom Wesley. We actually had a very good team. I was going to say, um, that's a good team. Yeah. Who else do we have? No can, you remember what, can you remember what any of them sang in TGI Fridays on that fateful evening? No, mate. Like, did, <laughs> I, know, I know to you this might be really interesting stuff, but it, it's not. It's, it's just not. I'm just desperate to How know what am I you meant said. to remember? How am I meant to remember what I sang 15 years ago in TGI Fridays in Kuala Lumpur? He makes he, a strong, you, Toby, he makes a really strong point. He can't remember his first five for in first class cricket, his first five for in ODIs, and his first five for T20s, his first five for in test matches. So, why should he be expected to remember what Sam Northeast sang <laughs> on the table <laughs> in Kuala Lumpur? Now, I like Sam Northeast. He's a he's a lovely guy, uh, and he and he's got a certain charisma. But uh, I went to Hong Kong with him, and I can't really remember what it was that he sang in, in the. There was a singing thing. I can't remember that. I, I'd sympathise with Finney here. I think you're pushing him to a really unfeasible place. Well, Finney remembers... Cruel, now, actually. Finney does remember what he sang in that karaoke bar when him and the England team were absolutely levelled in the Caribbean that time after they got off a catamaran. He's told us that. Yeah. I think it was, I mean, yeah, Craig David. That was also five years ago, so it gives me more <laughs> of a chance of remembering it. It's because they're fast bowlers, because fast bowlers have got very short memories. Um, they're very simple. They're very Well, you say that. C- Catherine Brunt doesn't. Catherine Brunt, I, I remember being on, on air with Catherine Brunt, and she's germane because she took an incredible three for next to nothing in the game against South Africa. We forgot to mention her extraordinary contribution as a 37-year-old, basically the Jimmy Anderson of women's cricket. Um, I was on air with her in about 2015, 2016 or something like that with Lydia Greenway. And they were just we were just chatting away perfectly happily until Catherine decided to remember that Lydia, had, I, I think I said Lydia was one of the best fielders that I've ever seen. And uh, Catherine said, quick as a flash, she dropped an absolute sit, bloody sitter at backward point in 2009 against India or something. And so they, they do have memories. It's just the thing that they remember are entirely venal things that are about mm. themselves completely, except mm. in Finney's case, because Finney can't remember all of his great moments. I think he's like Buddha. Finney, Let's might, t- Finney might be Buddha. He might have reached a kind of enlightenment where he doesn't care for those sort of dreadful... Solid well, I'm a team player. He's a team player. He's the, he's the captain, isn't he? He's the bloody captain. We've we've put him forward for prime minister and compared him to Buddha on one podcast. Quite the quite the praise for Finney. And he's week. still quite grumpy about it. I still grumpy. What? <laughs> All right. Let's, okay. Let's test his memory the other way then. Let's test it that way. Okay. So Finney, some costly drops off your bowling. Have there? So who got dropped in a test match off you that went on to get big runs? And who dropped it? And was it a goober? He knows, look well, at him, he, he can remember it. You can see his face, he remembers it. Look, he knows, now he's he knows, he knows it entirely. We got him. We yeah, found we it. Here we, we got go. Him. Yep. Got him. Got to go. There's one, there's a couple that irk me in test matches. One was at Lords. I'd had a tricky summer in 2016 in the test team. And like I had it, like not a great test. I, I fell over in a game at Scarborough before the Lord's test against Pakistan. My knee had like ballooned up, like it was huge. So I was playing unfit, but because both Broad and Anderson weren't fit to play in that test match, I played it because I could still move around. It was just uncomfortable. And then, so I was bowling. I bowled when Mizborough Huck, I bowled the ball that Mizborough Huck hit for his hundred and started doing press-ups in front of me <laughs> on my run-up. Um, and then later on in that game, I was noticing that in the press, people were talking about how I hadn't got a wicket for 
X amount of time in test cricket and and stuff. And I bowled this really good reverse swing spell from the nursery end at Lords against their keeper, Safraz, and was like, he didn't score any runs off me. And I was like, probing, probing, got a thin outside edge and Johnny Bairstow like threw it on the ground, basically. Um, just dropped it, a simple chance, like knee high. And and yeah, that, that's the one that really bugs me because that would have like got the press and everyone off my back. But instead I got dropped for the next game then came in for the edge baston test of that series under like feeling real pressure with people like our friend George DeBell right and he should never play for England again and um, yeah. other journalists like front page stuff that you could see when you go down to breakfast and you can see Finn last chance saloon and stuff like that <laughs> that's like, horrible isn't it brilliant <laughs> yeah you, not, you not, not, front, front, and... not front page don't kid yourself no back page back, back, back page, page yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and then I remember what? that greatly and then what? I took a few wickets in that test and ended up getting, because it was reverse swing. And again, I love bowling reverse swing. I took a few wickets, but there was a good photo in that next test match. I was bowling round the wicket, and like away swing, away swing, away swing. And then a big in swinger and the batter left it and bowled him off stump. And I went off on like a victory lap of edge bast and punching the air and stuff. I never usually get that animated when I take a wicket, but I was, yeah, I was fired up. And there's a good photo of me like half way back towards punching the air and all my teammates are trying to jump on me and then come close to chin him one of them. Edge Baston incidentally is George DeBell's home ground and Finney would know that full well. So he like he got him on his own on his yeah, own. Yeah, nice Finney. And <laughs> behind the really tasty macaroni and cheese Whoa. stand just by the Holly stand, there's a photo of Finney taking wickets for England at Edge Baston. So <laughs> There's 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 there's, a, there's one when you come in when you go like you have to go through E two now if you're a broadcaster not E three which is very annoying so you go up through the through the lifts out through floor three you have to finagle through a bit of a catering area and there's a bloody huge picture of Finney in just in this just in this sort of like desolate space holder between where you are and where you need to be and there's nobody else there but he's there he's Finney is dotted around Edgebaston. Yeah, yeah. All over there's, a, there's like I'm on the toilet doors in the hospitality up on the toilet yeah. doors. I know. You know, there's, there's, some there's pe- a picture of me, I think, appealing like that on the toilet doors. <laughs> Edge Baston's one of my, or probably my favourite ground in the UK to play at. And I've got my favourite memories there, I think. So, yeah, it's, it's somewhere that I'm glad that they've recognised that and erected a few pictures. But I'm sure once the next round of advertising photos get done, they'll be swiftly mm-hmm. torn down. No, oh, never. 13, and who was the, ba- who was the batsman that Lord. shouldered arms to you, Finney, and you knocked his off peg out? Can't remember. Fucking hell! There we go again. <laughs> I believe. I thought. I thought we were on a roll here. I thought we'd finally unlocked a lobe of his brain. Can't remember. Just talks about it was one of his favourite moments ever. He can't remember. Yeah, can't remember. All I remember is I took wickets. Probably number eleven. Probably Chris Martin. You said there were two drops, though. So you mentioned Johnny Bairstow. I mean, you know, you've just thrown the golden boy of English cricket at the moment, four centuries. And That's why Finney didn't do the podcast yeah. last week. He couldn't yeah. praise Johnny Bairstow yeah, one probably. more time. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but there was a second. And who could that be? If it's if you, if you're prepared to go with Bairstow, but you've kept the second. Who was the second? Can we have a guess? No. Well, the second one was a tough chance, but it was still a drop. It was Rube at second step. Ah, but it was a it was a toughie. It was like real forward. Misbah went to dig it out, and it like flew off the outside edge. Second slip, like it would it would it was catchable height. No, it was quite low, like ankle height, and it would have been a very very good catch. But it was still a drop by that. That doesn't irk me that much. 
the best though one doesn't irk me irk me i've got over it five six years on um, you said irk a lot for a man who's not irked by it. He has, hasn't he? He thinks he doth protest too much. <laughs> well, no, looking at you two irks me greatly. <laughs> Look, Catherine Brunt still holds it against Lydia Greenway 14 years later. You're entitled to do it. Just well, no, I, the, the worst thing I could do is piss Johnny Bairstow off because if I ever play against him, you'll smash me everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, I need but to be great, friend. Great it's, for England, though. Great for England if you could piss him off. Do you know what? He, he owes us. If you could get him on the podcast, Finney, because he's the golden boy of English cricket at the minute, and he owes you for that, and we'll call it a draw. It, we, you no, forgive because him. you'll bring it up, and it'll be unbelievably embarrassing. Yeah, he won't <laughs> so like no. it. He won't like it. We no, can't bring he, it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, on that note, well, I'll say goodbye to you both chaps, but uh, it was fun to take Finney down the world's most patchy memory lane ever. Um, and I'll see you both next week. Finney, enjoy captaining in 35 degrees tomorrow uh, on that uh, that ridiculous pitch with a tiny boundary. Have fun, mate. Thank you. And don't forget, I... when I tune into YouTube, I want to see only funky cricket fields. I don't want to see a slip all day. All day? Never. Never. Well, I, I mean, if you're, if you're bowling with a squashed Satsuma on a road, then there's no point in a slip, is there? Exactly. Have well, everybody... No, it's good, though. Everybody in front of the square. And I just want to say before I go, a couple of little bits of housekeeping. Emma Lamb's 100 was the fifth fastest 100 for a maiden 100 by a woman playing for England in a test match. Nat Siver has now got the top three fastest 50s. They're, they're motoring and they've got two more games against South Africa on Friday and Monday. So by the time we talk next, we will be able to dissect the marmalising genius of the England women's team. Absolutely. And go well, England women and men's teams this week. And we'll see you next week. Chaps, I'm going to let you go. I'm terrified my laptop is 200 degrees. I'm not going to save this. So uh, I'm going to let you go and say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.